1: Please separate your rates from you. And and I know it's easy to sit there and say this and say, be objective, but it's so important that you
2: are. You are listening to the Dope Black Mums Podcast. I have Ola, creative director and dope black mum of three with me today. And we are joined by legal entrepreneur, change maker, and founder of Manton Legal Consultancy, Egg Bay Manton. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi guys. Hello. (laughs) So really want to get into it today we've been trying to arrange this talk I don't even know for how long for for so for so so long there's so many things I want to talk to you about I want to know how we can get more women at the investment table I want to know all about your life as a black female entrepreneur and mother and really how we're meant to scale our business how can we scale up a business and especially any tips and tricks for female entrepreneurs so to start off, I just wanted to hear about your journey as a black female entrepreneur. Is this, did you know you always wanted to be your own boss? Is this, is this a path that was really clear for you?
1: Uh, it wasn't clear for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say I'm, a, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I was tottering along in my day job and um, I realised that there was a, a gap in the market where small business owners just couldn't get like just decent legal guidance, right? So that's how I started the business. It was in the middle of the pandemic. That's what I should do. I should start a business in a pandemic. Why not? That (laughs) makes
2: sense. Let's do it. And was the day job within the legal industry?
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm a corporate lawyer. I still have a day job. uh, So I'm a corporate lawyer, the day job. And then I act as a legal consultant in the consultancy. Got
2: you. Yeah.
1: So I started in the pandemic and it's just taken off insanely.
2: (laughs) amazing amazing good to hear good to hear and in a pandemic as well so you know that it's needed
1: for sure like for sure like just I don't know people see legals as like this really boring kind of complex thing that they just can't get their heads around and I just think lawyers sometimes we just don't help because we come back with this advice that's just like no one can understand it apart from us and how is that helpful for a small business owner and then on top of that it's expensive so you're kind of like but i've got no cash flow how am i meant to afford this so that's why i created the consultancy so it could be like a midway house that you could go to somebody tell them your problems and we're not going to judge you we're just going to tell you what you need to do
2: yeah i think there's massive fear um it just feels scary it feels big i don't i personally don't understand the language and I constantly feel that, like, you know, when you go, well, this, this is for me. When I go to mechanics, I feel like I'm getting played. Yeah. Like, You know, when you're just like, I don't know what, Ty, I don't know what you're talking about. And I feel like people are just making up things, charging whatever <laughs> rates, and, and I don't get it. So that, that's my fear. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. And then, so I suppose, you, you know, you hide a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think I, that's something I commonly hear. I think I make a conscious effort to make sure that when I'm talking about stuff, I just keep it really simple. Like, if something's a problem, I'll tell you it's a problem. Like, there doesn't need to be this fluffy language around it. It's a problem. Let's sort it out, kind of thing. So that's the approach that I take.
2: Amazing. Amazing.
3: So, Egby, as a um, black woman, some of the challenges, tell us about those and the barriers that you faced
1: how long do you have, ladies? <laughs>
3: uh,
1: I mean, do you know what? I was a slightly naive when I was younger because I thought, you know, everybody's on the same level playing field. And my parents used to say to me, I'm sure you guys have heard this, you know, what well, you're going to have to work twice as hard if you want to go into law. You're going to have to just work twice as hard um, as your peers. And if I'm honest, the legal industry is not the most accepting or or opened as other industries if you're going into the tech industry or you're going into you know maybe the fashion industry there's there's a bit more kind of um openness and ready to kind of innovation in law it's like the complete opposite they don't want to know about innovation they just want to have the same old processes with the same old type of people and somebody coming in to say let's do something different they absolutely hate so for me trying to ch- push those barriers throughout my legal career as a junior and then on qualification. And then with this business, it has not been an easy journey at all. And I'm lucky that I'm thick skinned. Otherwise I would have stopped doing this ages ago.
2: I can imagine that can crush dreams. That, that is, you know, You have exhausting. to be strong.
1: Yeah, you have to be yeah. strong. And if yeah. you go into law, like just be p- prepared for rejection after rejection for those kind. And what it is about law, it's sometimes it's this, you know it's the microaggressions what we would call microaggressions it's not quite said but there's a way that people look at you or talk to you or the clients that you're put on that you're kind of like something's not right here like why am i on this feeling right right yeah there's nothing that i can point to and say he sent me an email to say such and such it's it's not like that it's It's not tangible
2: no but you know it's there Right. And that's the worst kind of mind f as well, isn't it? Because that can drive you crazy. Because right. you know it exists. Right. But it's impossible to explain to someone who doesn't understand.
1: I'm totally with you. Like, totally with you. And so I, I just got to a point, I think, in my career where I was like, I'm going to have to be this amazing best lawyer ever. So that if there is this intangible thing that, I'm, that I can see, that you can't use that against me because my figures tell you that I'm a bloody good to my language. A really good lawyer right a really good lawyer so
2: take every second to celebrate yourself you're a bloody good lawyer (laughs) (laughs) yeah i need to tell myself that regularly you're good
1: yeah i sometimes it's really hard for me to say it because i feel like i'm you know but you have to do this stuff and otherwise people will not promote you or they won't look at you you know for promotion
2: so it's just totally i i saw your post the other day i love your feed by the way i saw your post um about a repost of someone just saying, let's not tiptoe around our successes.
1: Yeah, You know, let's
2: just shout about it. And and it's okay to say, and no one's looking at you and judging you. They're most probably looking and it's amazing and in awe and celebrating with you. You know, it's just, I know it's hard. I find it hard myself. It's hard to say this. So with the pandemic, I know so many people have had to rethink their lives, how they're running their lifestyle. And for mums who are listening who are out there looking to start their business or looking to start or to turn their side hustle into a full-time hustle, what are the first steps that we should be making? I
1: think the first thing is is to just don't set yourself like so many priorities, right? Or so many goals. Because you are doing, you know, you've got family life, you may you may have a day job, you know, it's it's not easy to run a side hustle alongside, you know, your day job plus your family. So be realistic about what you can achieve. So is it that you want to just ferment your idea and make sure that you get a business plan together? Is it that you want to identify your market? Is it that, you know, you want to uh, maybe, you know, make that product in the first year and then think about how you're going to sell it? Just have a plan for the next couple of months and make those monthly goals tangible, like something that you can actually, you know, strive for but that is not too hard so that if you don't make it it's okay it's okay too and like, there are some months i'm just like this is a hot mess like why well, i don't even know what this business is doing it's got a mind of its own it's a hot mess but then it's okay it's okay because you're you're tackling two jobs at once so just make your goals realistic and,
3: and tangible totally agree when i was starting my portrait business i at first i was like yeah i'm gonna do everything and it was just like so overwhelming and then You know, I strategized, and I there was a there was a month where I was just like, I'm just gonna make my brochure. That's all I'm gonna do. You know, and then there was another month where it was like, I'm just gonna photograph people for the brochure. You know (laughs) what I mean? You know what I mean? So like, you didn't have to worry about anything else that month apart from doing that. And it was just it's so helpful to do that, especially when you're starting off. You know, not trying to just jump in with like your hands and your feet at the same time. Totally with you. Totally with you, Ola, Totally with you.
1: And one thing I would say is this sounds like a really like um privileged thing to say, but when you get to what I tended to do is when I first might you know had my first client, wow, and I got the money through, I didn't I didn't use that money, I just used it for a VA, for just a couple of hours for a VA, so that it meant I could still bring in more clients, but at the same time still stick to my goals. So if you do think about if you do make a profit at some point, think about sometimes reinvesting it because an additional pair of hands could just change everything.
2: That's such brave thinking. That takes courage, doesn't it, to sure. to not spend it, invest it back in, and and I can see how it could help. I can see immediately what getting that extra legal paperwork to do, or get somebody on social media for you, or or how that will help grow your business and just take the stress off you, so you're not thinking about everything on your to do list. Um, but so hard not to spend it though when it when it first comes in your first your first gig, your first booking.
1: My husband thought I was insane. He was like, "Why? Why are we doing this? If you're, if you're not going to
3: take any <laughs> why can't salary? I go out and spend this uh, again?" <laughs> yeah, but I think as well, it's 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 circumstance, isn't it? Because I've done it the other way around, where I'm f- I was full time self employed, so it was literally like, "Oh no, that's that's the money that I need for food and what whatever." And then obviously the pandemic happened, so now I've taken on a job, uh, an employed job. So it's like, yeah, so now if I get money from my self-employment, it absolutely is easy to just, like, leave it there, invest it back into the business. Whereas, like, when you're doing full-time employment, that is so difficult. It's a different you know? story then, isn't it?
1: Because you've got to pay those bills, right? So. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you're yelling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez.
2: And do you have any tips on setting rates? Really tricky one of just, because it hits into your self-worth as well, isn't it? And just knowing where to set the rate and feeling confident and standing behind the rate that you set. So any tips on on just, I suppose, knowing your worth and, and feeling confident with the rates you set and... 'Cause that's that awful feeling of you saying these are my rates and the client agrees really quickly, like, oh god, I should have charged more. Like that that's happened to me so many times. So any advice on that? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is like quicksand.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh,
1: what I would the first thing I would say is please separate your rates from you and and I know it's easy to sit there and say this and say be objective but it's so important that you are and and I'll tell you the reason why when I first started off I mean my rates were like 5p (laughs) and the reason why it was like that was because I saw myself as like oh I'm just starting out in legal consultancy let me let me you know bring as many customers as possible on board so I'll keep it really low I'll do a primark and I'll keep it really low and just get lots of people through but I remember thinking to myself, you've got like how many years of experience here? You've worked with these big companies and you're bringing all of this to your small business owners. Yes, you've got to be mindful of their cash flow, but at the same time, again, you need to learn to put yourself forward and say you're good at what you do, right? So I raised my prices slightly. And what I would say to other business owners is, Look at the market. You don't want to be one of those outliers where you're either ch- you know, charging too cheaply or too expensive, right? Look at your market. How many years of experience do you bring? Have you worked with big corporates? Have you done some training or qualifications that make you even better than, for example, your competitors? Do you have some sort of unique USP that you think, oh, actually that's the reason why I'm going to set my rates because I only work with certain people and I've got experience with these particular group or this particular market. So therefore, it's right for me to charge that rate and stick to it. Like the amount of clients that I'll say, and I I see this in my business, someone will come to me and say, for that service, it's 400 pounds. Then I'll say, okay, and and I'll be silent. And then like 30 seconds later, she'll say, but I could do 300 if that oh, works for you. And I'm like, it, oh, yeah, like every time I can't tell you about people that I do like that happens with. And then I won't say anything. And she'll say, and I could do it for you next Thursday. And I'm like, I didn't even talk about I haven't said
2: anything. Like. I know. And that whole story is going on in their head. So the first time you raised your rates and the first time you actually said your new rates and someone accepted it, mm-hmm. how did that feel? Oh,
1: it was amazing yeah it was a bit, and it was and do you know what the worst thing is I and mean, it shouldn't have been but it was a va- to me it was a validation like oh actually that person sees me and knows that I'm worth that particular amount but it shouldn't be like that I should have thought that already because I am but why am I relying yeah. on somebody else to
2: it's it's so hard it's so hard for us to do and and I and I preach this all day long and find it impossible to do for myself I, I know it's 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 super tricky in, in my day job, I have to negotiate daily. So I'm a talent agent. I have to negotiate certain things with clients and I have to negotiate on the other side with casting directors um, in, and networks. So I basically live in like low-key, constant fear that I'm getting played. I live in constant fear that the actor's going to go on set and they'll speak to another actor and they're like, oh, I'm getting a zillion pounds more than you. Didn't your <laughs> agent see this? Or like... I've forgotten something on the back end or they're getting X amount for merchandise or that the casting of when the offer comes in, they like, I see, I think they're preempting say, you know what, they can't do much here on the offer. So this is the best that I've got. And I'm like, are you playing me? or well, is this real? Is this really all you've got? Mm-hmm. Then cool. So I suppose just advice on navigating negotiations and this can obviously be any relationship, yeah. anything you're negotiating through any part of your life, yeah. but um, any advice on on where to start and, yeah. and how to and how to battle it?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's simple things you could do, right? So what I would always say is before you even get into that scenario, so even before you start your your day job, and you you know that you're going to have this discussion, for example, with a, a casting director or whoever it might be, or your per, your partner, whoever it might be. Do some prep. What, what are your red lines? What is your red line? What is the point where you're like, I'm not sending somebody for that price, right? So know what your red lines are, okay? And there might be two or three of them so that you know and stick to them so that when you do the negotiation process, you know that if I walk away from this, it's okay because I did say to myself before, I need these three red lines met, otherwise I'm walking away. Then think about what is it that is a uh, nice to have. For example, if you want an actor to be paid a thousand pounds or a hundred thousand pounds, that's fine. That's your red line. But if they throw in merchandise, is that something that you want? If they if they are going to do that, what type of merchandise? What what countries do you want it to be in? Like know these things before you're going into the negotiation. Then there's a third category, what I call um, you're happy to give ups, right? And this is basically where you say, I will give this to the other person as long as they give me something in return so say for example with the actor um uh example you've got your red lines you know that you want some merchandise frozen in, if possible but actually he might be able to work on another project in six months time but he might not so what i'll do is i'll say if if the film is still going i'm happy to throw him in for another six months he's happy to do it i'll do that if you'll give me 100 grand for this actor do you see what I mean so you've kind of traded it so think about those three categories before you go into negotiation otherwise you're going to get mullered <laughs> when you go in because <laughs> you've got no boundaries you don't know what you're going for you kind of know what you want it where you want to end up but you're not quite sure so do that prep beforehand
2: yeah really really good advice good advice because when you're actually in the room in the moment it can all go blank on it for so sure. if you just and you forget everything you end up like agreeing to a 10 year contract and all these sort of things you just also you want the job like i I want to secure the booking so
3: and like egg base said just shut your mouth (laughs) (laughs) like say the price (laughs) like the tactic don't open your mouth like you should not be the next person to speak yeah if you said the price do you see what i mean and also um what my mentor always says was if, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a price, like let's say it's a package price with me, with my portraits, right? So that's the package price. You're better off, if somebody does sort of want to negotiate, you're better off giving more for more rather than giving them a discount. So if your price is £1,000, offer them, oh, well, I'll stay another hour, yeah. you know, if it's a wedding photography or, well, actually what I can do is I can print off two albums for you um instead so your price is always going to still be your price so you're still going to get that figure that egg Bay said that you need but you're offering more and sometimes that more isn't really going to cost you that much more you know if it if it is just you know staying on an hour or whatever it is so like that taught me so much because it was like i don't have to worry about my price because my price is always gonna be a price and i can just like offer them you know oh we can do another outfit change or you know i'll do you I'll do you black and white <laughs> images. <laughs> that is literally just like, you know, changing over my, um, you know, my editing process. It's not, you know, a big deal, but to them, it's like, oh my gosh, it's given me, you know, a lot more, you know, for the money um, rather than going down and then cutting into your profit. I love that. It's
2: good advice. Yeah, good that. advice.
3: So tell us about common mistakes that um, people
1: in business make, Ed Bay? Oh, how long do you have? I mean, this I mean, <laughs> could be all day. I mean, do you know what? There's a couple that I think that a lot of people make. One is flying by the seat of their pants and just trying to do too many things, right? There are some things that you just have to know is just not in your skills remit. And there are some things that I can't do. For example, I'm my marketing is a mess. I need a marketing expert for a reason. I'm not good at marketing. I don't get it. I'm not creative. Give me a contract and fine, but don't give me strategies and you know KPIs. I I can't tell you anything about that. Right. So know when you have when you have a limitation, and go out to find someone who's better than you at that, so that they can help you with that if you can. The second thing is hard, though, isn't it? That that
2: that, that's quite hard to be honest with yourself, isn't it? And just understand your limitations, understand your lack. That's It's an important one, but just a hard one to recognise in yourself.
1: But don't see it as a failure, though, right? Because I think the problem is is that people think, oh, if I go out to somebody else, you know, I should be able to do this. I'm a small business owner. So-and-so is doing it. Why can't I do my own social media strategy? Yes, you could, right? But would you, you prefer somebody who has the... The, who does it day in day out who has the passion for it who can see your business with fresh eyes and help you take it to that next level there's a reason why apple doesn't do their own social media it's because they've gotten to a point where they know so and so could do it because they're good at what they do and there's nothing wrong with that it's like someone coming to your business and saying please can you help me with this particular service because they know that you're amazing at
3: what you do and there's nothing wrong with that mm. Mm. i think as well it's that whole um the self-assessment thing um, and I found that, like, even though there are things that I know I'm not good at, I still needed to learn the principles of those things. Because I think a lot of people, they when they're starting business, they'll do things like, for instance, I know I need a logo. So then they just go logo maker into Google and they hire someone, £500 for a logo. And it's like, literally, the logo is the least of your worries when you're starting up a business. Nobody cares. like you know, you could have saved yourself £500 by just knowing that the logo is the last thing you need. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So I do think, like, you know, sort of, you know, learning the principles of each of those things will help you realise that, okay, I'm not that great at marketing. I'm going to need somebody to come and do copyright or I'm going to need someone to do, I don't know, the account side of stuff because I'm, no, I'm, I'm not good at that. But you still need to know, like, the principles of your business so that when you do give it to somebody else to do, you know what's good and what's not good as well. Because sometimes you can say, oh, you know, can you come and do my accounts? If you don't know anything about how your accounts are supposed to run, literally someone could mm. rob you. <laughs> because you I'm yeah.
2: sure that happens time and time That's again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, That's so yeah. really
1: true. That is true. There has to be an element of responsibility, right? You can't just, mm. as much as I love to outsource, there comes a point where you, <laughs> where you have to take some ownership. But I mean... Yeah. It's it's a it is a hard one, and you've also got to balance that against you know cash flow. I mean, you know, we are, we'd love to get loads of experts, but it's it's, it's hard, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, and one thing that's one mistake I actually see people make is sometimes not being involved enough right so for example they are busy trying to win clients and bring work through but what is your team doing like what are you like what's going on in the business like so you've hired a va or maybe you've hired a friend to help you out with something or maybe you've got a team together and you want to scale what's happening in in that company of yours right the the, the amount of problems i've seen business go through like what they go through is sorry let me start again so the problems i see a lot of businesses have is that they're not switched on to what's going on in the business they're too focused on outward looking um projects where they should be focused also on what's happening in the business
0: ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing
2: Any other common mistakes that you see? Well, I'm biased,
1: but I see poor <laughs> legal documents. Like when I say poor, I mean, just guys.
2: <sighs> what are we talking about? Like written on a napkin? What what sort of levels of poor? Like e- e-
1: almost that. So I've had people, <laughs> most people, and I think where the biggest issue is templates. They go onto some random website right. and they download a template and they're like, yeah, I'm sorted. Just put the client name and get them to sign it and it's fine. And I'm like, but do you know what, e- do you know what the contract says? Like, do you know what you signed up to well not really so where else would you buy a template and not know what's on the piece of paper like how does that make any sense so i know legals are boring i get it but you do need to know what's in your document because the thing is your clients don't pay don't have to pay you unless the contract says so but you won't know if it says it if you haven't read the document so just make sure if you're going to go down the route of a template know what it says know what your what you're putting on the line effectively and if you don't then it's time to make sure you doubly read it or send it to someone like me or or another solicitor or whatever but just be mindful and, of that and
3: especially especially with like service-based business like makeup artists hairdressers, photographers like don't even think of doing a client paid or not paid without a contract right mm. you will regret it guaranteed you'll regret it That's yeah you it's so
1: hard and when the thing is I find it more difficult to sort a situation out when it's happened so say someone's hired a makeup artist on a wedding day and it's gone pants up right it's harder for me to work after the event than pre the event so it's better that you sort it out make sure that your contract is watertight so that you don't get yourselves into this situation and if you do it's easier for me to be able for someone like me to come and kind of help you if you do get into that situation
2: yeah. yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Sorry, <laughs> It can cripple people, can't it? It can break dreams, cripple their passion, and just make you want to give up and go and do, you know, a nine to five and just, just check out. So um, I was just thinking about that. That's a lot. Um, okay, so what are your top tips for scaling a business? How do we work out when we need to scale a business? How, how are you going to know when the time is right?
1: um that's a good question it's different for everybody but i would say for me it was when i realized that i had i i was starting to the client service was starting to dip because it was just me in the business right and i couldn't manage the marketing and doing the legals and trying to get with new clients there comes a point where you'll know that you're at break not breaking put but you know where i need somebody else and at that point you need to start thinking about hiring um either a VA or a, an associate or someone that can help you to push the business further. You're not going to scale yeah. by yourself. I'll be honest. Sounds hard. And again,
2: I, 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 yeah, no, totally. I hear you on paper, but retrospectively when you're in the mud, you know, you just think, oh, it's fine. I'll just work. I'll just get up in the morning and work till 11 o'clock at night. It's fine. You, you just get, you just get used to doing that. And, um, it's really hard to recognize, God, this has been a couple of months, like God, you know, I'm missing out on this, or this is dropping. It is really hard to be able to take a step back, especially obviously because you're practically busy, right? If you're trying to do everything, you're doing the marketing, you've got your inbox, you've got this, you've got that. Um, it's an, it's amazing advice, but just practically, I personally find that really difficult to just to take a step back and go actually, and then also as a small business it's still money out isn't it so yeah. you're just thinking where am i going to find the money to get this to get this help
1: i hear that a lot and what i would say is two things the, the first thing i would say is is in terms of the money going out, you could so say, for example, you Nina, know, you might make, let's say, ten thousand in a day. Let's say you make ten thousand a day. Yeah, and that, that is what I make. Mean. That's yeah. what you. That's what you're pushing every day. You work until eleven p.m. and you get your ten thousand, right? But the days in the in the hours in the days are limited. There's only a certain amount of hours you can do, and you can't extend the day. It's always going to be twenty four hours. So, if you want to be able to scale and get more clients. You're not going to be able to do that just by maths because you're a limited individual. You could only do 24 hours, and you could only do so many things, right? So, would you rather hire somebody, and then yes, you could say, "Oh, but I'm going to have to pay five thousand to that person." But you might—that person might be able to bring in, or you might be able to take on even more clients, which means now you're making twenty thousand a day, not ten. You've given five away to somebody else who's helping you in the the business, but now you're making five thousand more than you were before. And you've got a bit more time in the day because your team member is helping you to get through that work. So would you rather a, a whole pie but it's small, or would you rather a bigger pie but have a, a slightly smaller section of that bigger pie? I'm all for that bigger pie. Where is it? Um
2: oh. I was I was all for the 10 grand. <laughs> I mean 10 grand, I'm all for that. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely for the bigger pie. Totally. I think it was it's just being brave and recognising that, you know, taking a second to to acknowledge it and be like, right, what am I going to do about this? But but um, do you think
1: this is the reason why that we have, as females, do you think this is the reason why we have, like, the issue of getting to the investment table and thinking bigger? Because I'm telling you, Jeff Bezos was not not having this problem. He was just like, outsource everything. Why is it that we, is it as a female thing? Or I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I think this is definitely one of the issues of just knowing your worth, first of all, being able to know your worth to charge the rate you're meant to, to charge and stand behind it. So just say your rate and be silent. Right. Um, I also think it's tricky to just know your worth in general, know that this is a good idea to to scale up because you might just sit in there thinking, now it's just a kitchen, kitchen table thing. I'll just keep on doing my full-time job and I'll keep on working till 11 o'clock at night and I'll just hustle from the kitchen. It's difficult to think that big. You know, it's tricky, especially if you're, um you've got your day job you've got your side hustle, you've got your kids you've got everything else going on um that's hard it takes I think it takes courage to sit there and think that that I'm worth that that I think that sounds I think it sounds awful but yeah historically it's a it's a woman thing it it, it might be a um it could be a mum thing as well just having all your different hats on um I don't know but there's there's definitely an issue going on there's definitely a disconnect of why even just Saying you could command uh, more in your day job, just going for the promotion, going for the pay rise. Like, that's something you see time and time again, isn't it? It's, I think, I think it's tricky.
3: It's that, um, I think, as women, when we do get, when we do have a business that starts to do well, that's our baby. Yeah. And bringing in somebody, even if it's just like a VA or just somebody else that's going to have bit of control or a bit of that business is such a hard thing to do like yeah. absolutely a hard thing to do and I think sometimes that can stop us from sort of expanding the business because we're like no I don't want to bring on Stacey like I don't want to yeah, yeah. even when yeah. Even when you know Stacey's brilliant at her job it's that well, it, thing it of, can totally it can yeah. leave
2: you vulnerable can't it Definitely. for someone coming in but also someone actually coming in having a look at how you're running your things that's like it's a bit like oh okay um yeah that's a lot and I think maybe that it sounds awful things it's it's a female thing but maybe that that's something as well how maybe men would just be like this is it this is how I'm doing it it's not maybe that's what they do that's what they do yeah,
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah so something that comes up a lot is obviously investment and how we go about and getting investment from our, for, for our business. So what is best? Should we be asking friends, family for money? Are we getting a business loan, crowdfunding? What, what's the best way to go around it?
1: I think, I think, again, it depends on the business and what your risk appetite is. So for some people, they're happy to reach out to friends and family because, you know, they can, they can take a small amount of money, they'll put it into the business and they'll pay it back. It's very simple. Um, but for other people, maybe they're thinking, you know, I want to be able to scale this and they'll have other options. But I think if you're going to be thinking about things like borrowing from family or you're going to go for a business loan or do the crowdfunding, just have a good business plan together. Because I think it's unfair to reach out to friends and family because they, they, they will want to support you. Of course they will. But you want to make sure that they're signed on to what you're doing, because this is how like people fall out. Because they didn't know that you were going to be investing the money in a social media manager. And they don't agree with that. They think you should be plowing it into, I don't know, bringing more clients on or whatever that might look like. So go to them. with If you're going to go to friends and family, go to them with a business plan. Or if you're going to go for a loan, make sure that you know, okay, what's my plan B if I can't pay back this loan? Or what's my plan B if I can't pay back my friends and family? Like, just be honest and open from the start. Go to those individuals with business plans and then work from there. That's why I would say. But there's nothing worse than somebody coming up to you who's a family member saying, "Oh, I've got this business. Do you want to put five k in? Put five k in for? Tell me exactly where my five k is going first of all." So just be open and honest. That's why I would say.
2: And and the big question then: Why are there so few women at the investment table? And in your experience, how can we change it? What can we What can we do? How can we make some actual changes Mm. to make a difference
1: i think it's a it's a big issue and i think um it's partly about what we've talked about which is how we look at ourselves do we feel that our businesses are worth the investment if we don't we're never going to get to the investment table are we because we even we don't believe in our business but if you do believe in your business then there's a secondary issue of say the business loan is not for you or you've gone through uh, friends and family and now you want something slightly bigger. Where do you start? Like, how how do you crowdfund? How do you find an angel investor? How do you find a venture capitalist that will invest in you? Like, where are these circles that people keep talking about? Like, do you just go on LinkedIn and say, hi, here's my business plan? Like, no one tells you what the process is. So I think there needs to be better, and there are now accelerators and incubators that are for, for example, female-owned businesses that can take you through that process and get you familiar with that. So if you're thinking about that, then I would say, you know, go down that particular route and that would help massively. But also there has to be a change from uh, angel investors and VCs, venture capitalists, who are looking at business owners. What I tend to see is when I'm um, supporting a client who's going for funding and I'm doing the legal work for them, the investor and I've seen it acts very differently to females than they do to male-led teams. They will ask what them, are you seeing? like they will ask them questions about, you know, for example, with females they'll say, you know, where do you see the business in five years? You know, what is your gonna role gonna be? And it's always kind of focused on the female, like even personal questions, which I think, which I think are not relevant to the to the business. They will ask. Whereas when it when I'm working with male-led founders, it's all like, okay, so tell me about the financials. But why is it when I'm with working with female um, business owners, it's all about what she does as a as an owner, when has she seen the business in five years, what team is she going to bring, what about the finances, like why is it not objective when it comes to females, like why is it when it's males, it's a completely different conversation, so I just think also there has to be some education around for, <clears throat> for VCs and for investors that there are people that look and feel different to you, and they're going to bring something different to the table, but you can't You've got to be mindful of the kind of questions that you're asking them and the way that you're drilling them. It's got to be the same as everybody else that you talk to. So for me, those are the three areas I think that need work.
3: Yeah, somebody somebody close to me, actually, um, who was starting up a business, she asked for, um, I think it was a loan or a grant. Either way, she went through a process and the person, the guy that was going, you know, putting her through the process, um, she'd done a business plan. She'd like given him the details on the industry mm-hmm. and he came back to her and he said you know I don't know if people are going to be prepared to pay I think it was for um jewelry I don't think people are prepared to pay this much money for your pieces of jewelry and I've asked the other women in the office and they said that blah de blah de blah and I was like would you have said that if it was a guy talking about a piece of tech that you don't know about would you have said well I've asked some of the other guys in the office that have playstations and they said they're not going to pay they wouldn't pay that much for a bit of tech you know like why can't you know you should be if somebody's coming to you and they've done their research and they've given you the evidence of the industry like you absolutely should trust that they know what they're talking about with their industry that they are experts in you know so yeah i absolutely agree that i think you're definitely seen differently um and
1: it shouldn't be that way. way. What, I don't even understand That's why it's so that humili-
2: way. That's so demeaning, isn't it? That language. Yep.
3: That's I can't unique. believe it. I can't believe the it. The amount of times where, you know, I've done a presentation on portrait, the portrait business and at the time it was kind of a new thing, the whole kind of like having your makeup done, <laughs> having your hair done. And, and, you know, it was like, yeah, but, you know, I, and this is women as well that do it. Oh, but I go to the hairdresser to get my hair done. So what makes you different? And it's like, well, because obviously I'm giving you everything under one roof, and you're getting, a, you know, a portrait. A bit, yeah, but I could just go and get a separate photograph of, you know, you know really kind of like, you know, you are just like I give up, you know. Obviously, I didn't, but you know, it, it, you know, I think society, I think, looks at women differently. I don't think it's just men looking at women differently. I think, you know, women in business is looked at very differently yeah. to men yeah. in business. Unfortunately yeah fully
2: agree we um have a double black moms private facebook group and whatsapp groups and the socials so i put out that we were going to be speaking to you today and had a question come back and i actually wouldn't mind knowing this as well of just what are the different types of investment because i hear about sweat equity and um all these big terms but can you just list off types of investments that we could be looking into
1: yeah. So, okay. So there's several. Okay. So <clears throat> where should I start? So you've got your normal friends and family. So that's like, uh, you know, individuals that will put a certain amount into your business and that's, and that you know, that's normal. Then you've got your next tier. Well, there's also crowdfunding. Let me, let me address crowdfunding too. So crowdfunding is possible. There are a lot of platforms who now allow you to kind of pitch on the particular platform and that will, um, they will go out to their communities and those individuals will decide whether or not to invest in your particular business. And as a result, you'll get a certain amount of money and those individuals will either get, for example, something from the business. It might be T-shirts or or, or a bit of equity. It just depends on how you arrange it. So there's crowdfunding there what we would call there's a third section which is all around angel investors and these are basically your dragon's den right this is uh, individuals who have done really well in life or certain entrepreneurs who have um, invested in other businesses that have done well or just have a lot of money <laughs> um, and they are looking mm-hmm. for like startup businesses that have a fresh idea that they know or they or they think will get um, will be scalable and will, they'll will get their investment back, but on, on top of that profit. So that's the reason why you have your Dragons Den, for example. So those are your angel investors. And then you've got a bigger, bigger market of VCs. I, I say VCs, but there's all sorts of different type of VCs, but we'll keep it simple. And this is basically just a, a an organization or a firm that will, that their only job is to look for the next big thing. So they'll either get involved at startup stage and they'll be looking for uh, people in incubators or accelerators who have these amazing ideas and they will put money into those individuals so that they can scale their idea and then um, get further funding or, for example, float. These are the sort of people that were looking at Uber, they were looking at Deliveroo, all those kind of ideas, they jump in on very early, at early stage and push the company through. So those are your main, main ones. (laughs) There's loads. you are main ones. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: that is a good list. Thank you. And lastly, can you just speak to the mindset that you feel is needed to be a successful Black female entrepreneur?
1: Oh, it's a it's a hard one, isn't it? Because we let's be honest we we have it we have it difficult, right? We have we have mm-hmm. it difficult. But I think it's got to start from you first. So there will be people that will always have an opinion on your business. I mean, I've met a load of people who sat there and said, "Oh, this is a rubbish idea baby why don't why don't be, People will just go to law firms they all want a legal consultancy and i and I've had to have um uh faith and um uh I have to recognize within myself that there's a reason why I started this business and my viewpoints are just as important as somebody else's so if you're running a business you have to have that thick skin because there will always be people that will say things about your business but know that you started it for a reason so and also success looks like different things to different people so for me success is getting through each week with my clients happy and me happy and my kids happy right but success for other people is something different so just set your own boundaries and your own goals success could be very different to you and that's okay as long as you're making revenue and you're happy in the business and you're thriving that's a successful business for me for sure
2: that's such nice advice that's good advice ola what are your takeaways from today anything you're going to be changing for your businesses
3: i think for me it's definitely to be a bit more um, to to put myself out there more like, the amount of time where I'll be talking to someone that I've known for ages and they'll be like, oh, what's happening with you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, still doing portraits or still doing creative direction. What do you mean? What do you-? And I'm like, what? And they're like, you're a photographer. I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah." And, you know, I haven't done, I mean, I used to be a hairdresser. I haven't done hair for 15, 16 years. I thought you were doing hair. No, you know. <laughs> and it's like, and I know that's my fault because... You're on my Facebook, you're on my Instagram, you know, yes, you're not on my business page, but you know, why would you not know that that's what I do? Because I'm not talking about it and I'm not, you know, letting people know. So yeah, so I think I just need to be a bit more purposeful with, you know, you know, telling people how awesome I am in my business. So
2: honestly, though, that that's come up so many times during this talk, isn't it? Just being able to say it's okay. I think, I think, well, the fear for me is people think that you think you think you think you're nice. Do you know what I mean? Me do you used to get that? Like yeah. I I, 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 <laughs> you know I mean, I am nice, but no. I got that <laughs> all the time. Like people think you think you're hot or you're cool or you're you're better than them. And it's so hard yeah. just to say, look what I've done today. I hover, like the stylist um magazine. I, I hovered over do do I put on my personal page? It's fine to put on the business page, but do I do this? Do it like I don't want to say anything and like, it's it's wild how you can sit there and not say anything, where other people would just post and it's not a thing. I find that really difficult.
1: Also, you've got to remember that you could be an inspiration to someone else. Like, I know what we, we say, oh, but people might not like us. They might think we're too nice. First of all, forget who they are. Like, who are these people? But second of all, you're going to be inspiration to someone else. The amount of times I saw, I saw one black female lawyer in my career and just seeing her and talking to her and having time with her I was like it's doable like it is doable to become a lawyer like so you guys could be like inspiration to our younger kids like they need people like us in business so they can say yes I'm going to do that yes no. you're someone's Obama and you don't even know it <laughs> it's true you don't even know it
2: <laughs> no it's true it's true and I hear you and I, and I would again, preach it all day, but, but truly there's one thing to th- theoretically know it, but emotionally know it and s- say it in the mirror naked and stand behind it. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. But Ola, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to take yours and just try and. make
3: embarrassed as well. Yeah. Like, times even because I have started this new job and the amount of times someone's gone, you know, a lot of things <laughs> or you do a lot of things. And I'm like, Oh, that's not half of it. Like I'm not like. Whereas before, I used to be like, yeah, you know, because I always thought that in the back of their heads, they're thinking, um, what is it, jack of all trades, master of none. But like, you know, now, you know, because I'm able to prove, like, you know, everything that I know how to do, I know how to do well. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I think like when you put yourself out there more you kind of have those little tests where it proves to yourself that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm good at that. Yeah. Oh, I can do that really quickly or I can negotiate that deal or whatever it is. And yeah, Yeah. I just think you
2: have to. I've always found that jack of all trades one interesting because when you have people that are like universally respected, like Clint Eastwood say, who will write, direct and produce. You don't think, nah, you can't do that, Clint. Like you're like, rate you you can do that and I I see the performance is brilliant right but when you yourself say it you're like you kind of go and go oh I also do this also this also do this um yeah I've always found that one that one interesting because for other people George Cleaner there's so many people who do it and we're just like yeah "Yeah, that makes sense you can do that I'm not going to question it but I think yeah it's weird um so Egbe what's next for you what what have you got coming up
1: uh that's a good question um, no idea. <laughs> no, no. Uh, keep the business running. Keep it profitable. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Um, no, literally just that. I'm, I'm literally living one month to the next. So just keep the business going and just keep yeah. supporting.
2: As we people. all are. Amazing. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for making it happen. We've been going back and forth trying to get this talk booked in. But, but thank you. Really appreciate your time and sharing all your amazing knowledge. Um, If anybody listening wants to join the Dope Black Moms private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Moms on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, And please follow us on all socials at Dope Black Moms. See you next time. Thank you. Dope Black Moms.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,